Nachos Amigos, and welcome to Record Breakers, your music podcast of choice, where we sit around and share music with each other. Uh, used to be week by week, but not anymore. <laughs> but we're getting back to we're it. We're trying. We're trying. Them hurricanes and whatnot. Uh, I'm Petey Ravier, man. We're no plan. Here, of course, is my team, my squad. We've got Brett. There's never been a better time to be playing video games. Yes. We've got Drew. Ahoy, ahoy. And we've got Patrick. Hello, party people. I, w- I almost oh. wish my commute was longer so I could listen to, to more of the Bombcast and Beescasts and not have to catch up at home. Uh, but that aside... We talk about music here. Uh, we share music with each other. And of course, the provider of the music this week is Patrick. Patrick, what do you got for us this week? Uh, I'm going out of my usual. Uh, this is neither emo music, nor death metal, nor uh, nor whatever other garbage I listen to. This is uh, Pop Rock with Haim and their new album, Something to Tell You. Uh, yes, it's very interesting, very much a pop rock record. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's talk about some expectations. Uh, I, I didn't know what to expect. I I can say that for sure. But, uh, Brett, what were your expectations coming into this album? Well, I, I had heard their other album. Uh, like I couldn't get away from it for like a couple of months when it came out. Uh, so I, I had listened to it and I was like, okay, uh, let's see how far this goes. Uh, let's see if there are new things that are done. If the, uh, if the shtick has changed any, uh, and I was, I was coming in here kind of knowledgeable, but, uh, I, I didn't quite know what I was going to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew, what were your expectations coming into this album? I, I had less expectations than Brett. I'm probably coming into this like you did, completely blind. I had never even heard of the band. When Patrick said we were going to be listening to Haim, I thought that Corey Haim had put out a rock record that I was unfamiliar with. Um, So that was about the level of ready for this band that I was. I had no idea. Um, But I was interested, if not a little apprehensive, because it's swagger. I'm always apprehensive. Oh wow! Uh, uh, breaking news: Corey Haim had an album named uh, "You Give Me Everything." Yes. Uh, and we know what our next records. <laughs> holy poop! Uh, yeah, <laughs> that that's pretty great. Uh, Sorry. So, spoiler alert. Rest in peace. <laughs> spoiler alert. Meister. Brett's next album. Um. No. Yes. Um. Uh, yeah, this is a, definitely an interesting album uh, to go into. Uh, Patrick, how would you describe this album musically? What would be the themes elements that caught your attention? So, Heimer are three sisters. They play music. They play instruments, though. Like this, this is distinctly pop music, but but like kind of a pop rock band in the sense that like there's guitars and bass and drums and like some of the songs are slightly rocky, but. It is it is very very polished produced in sort of a pop style. Uh, like Brett, I listened to their first album a lot, and I was really excited when this came out. They are just one of those bands that like I heard, and I was like, wait, this is kind of good. 
and in sort of the unexpected, you wouldn't expect anything on modern radio to be particularly good, at least in terms of my my taste and what I like. But I enjoyed this and sort of continued to dig in. Uh, it, it the thing I think they do that it, that makes them good and unique is is their uh, they kind of genre hop a lot, and there's there's stuff that is distinctly pop. But there's stuff that's sort of modern rock, but there's also sort of like some very Stevie Nixie girl rock stuff. And and they they kind of ebb and flow between genres and and sort of themes that uh, you don't usually hear today. Like usually usually music, it's, it's one genre or two genres crammed together. And this is sort of like seven genres that sort of happen at any given any given record. Yeah, uh, and it makes for an interesting blend. It makes for an interesting mix. It's very much a tight pop record. Uh, but yeah, Brett, how would you describe this album musically? Uh, overproduced. Um, this 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 music uh, is probably one of the most overproduced albums we've listened to on this show. Um, uh, it 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 also <laughs> that musically it, it it almost entirely relies on. Uh, songwriting styles and tropes of of 80s and 90s pop radio uh and sort of lovingly steals them uh to make uh a somewhat different but totally derivative uh sound um you know it it's it, it's almost an album that was like felt like it was written like a family guy episode where they had like a big pile of things like audio clips from albums that they they thought sounded cool and then built songs around them. Uh, and it's not just like the, you know, obviously they've, they, they've, they've done this before. It's kind of their thing. Um, but, uh, like they, there are things that they, that they take from other, uh, other, you know, already established 30 year old, uh, musicians, um, that aren't necessarily like the hook or the, the big, they're like little tiny things. Um, you know, they, like on this album, they they did a lot of the the sharp, uh, enunciating, uh, fast staccato lyrics where all of them are talking, but they are talking in harmony, uh, much like a, a Wilson Phillips. Uh, <laughs> uh, there, there's also uh, like some some weird instrumentation in the back. I mean, yeah, there, you know, there's a bass guitar, a guitar, and a drummer, but there's also like a million other things. Uh, there's like a, an '80s digital kalimba, I think. Um, there is a sproing. I don't know if you saw it. You heard it. There's a sproing. I, I, I still think, is it like a, a set of spoons that's like set at a weird echo? I don't know. Uh, there's vibra slap there, and many others. Uh, you know, it's, uh, that part is, is kind of strange. They, they do cram a lot. Uh, it's, it's a very dense sound sometimes to the point where it's, it's hard to listen to. Um, the, uh, there, there's not a whole lot of instrumental gymnastics going on here. Nobody's gonna wow you with their, uh, with, with with really a whole lot of anything. Um, it's pretty straightforward, um, and you can tell that the focus was on the vocals. Um, lyrically, it's, it's kind of standard fare for the genre, um, but uh, like standard fare for the genre currently. But the sound is standard fare for like 1991 uh, pop rock radio, uh, which you know isn't a bad thing. It's it's just what it is. Um, but, uh, you know, there were times where the album sort of had uh, 
like you said, Stevie Nicks sound. There, there was like there was the Fleetwood Mac song, um, <laughs> and then there was the uh, is it, like uh, I, I I really I wanted to give this album a fair shake and review it for its own stuff, but it, it kept reminding me of other people's work, so I always went back there. But yeah, the, you can you can if you sit there long enough, you can start seeing the influences that like that like it they they wear it on their sleeve. It's it's kind of a thing. Uh, yeah. And, and kind of not like it's it's not so much like the like we just got done listening not long ago to uh fake 80s uh music written today but like it was it's obviously modern music you wouldn't it, this if you played it through a a crappy you know in in the store if you're in a a dillard's um <laughs> shopping for pants um, and and this came on over the the shitty speakers. Uh, you might not know what era this came from because there's not a whole lot of whiz bang like new stuff. Kind of uh, like, like how kind of like how I I would uh, hear that "Take Me to Church" song and assume it was Elton John. <laughs> uh, I can yeah. see that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. I never thought Elton of it John that song. way, but now I'm never gonna unthink of it that way. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. I hate you for that. <laughs> Thanks. You're right. Uh, but. They do, you definitely see their influences right, 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 front and center. Uh, but yeah, Drew, what, 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 how would you describe this album musically? Uh, first, I just want to say I looked over at the TV and was reminded that Skyline Chili is trash. Um, Fuck Cincinnati. No, it's just Bogarts is okay. I've never been to Bogarts, but yes, agreed. Um. This band is weird. Um, in a really like kind of cool way. Um, yeah, this is not. This is definitely not my normal. I probably Pat said this was on the radio. Sure, it's kind of surprising to me that it is on modern radio because it does seem so '90s to me. But at the same time, like this album is polished to such a sheen that it makes a lot of sense. Um, and the weird thing was, and sort of what I alluded to uh, between these guys and sort of our getting ready, is that this album is mixed in a way that no matter what speakers I put it on, it sounded pretty damn good. Like some records that we listen to here, especially ones with a lot of instrumentation like this has, usually gets, it gets lost a lot, uh, depending on where you take it to. So, like, I'll listen to all my headphones and I'll hear most of it. And then maybe in my car, like, it doesn't sound as good or something like that. But I, this one actually on every set of speakers, including my phone speakers, sounded all right. Um, there was something very definitely stuck in the 90s feeling about the vocals to me and not necessarily in the bad way. Um, Brett brings up Wilson Phillips. And I think Wilson Phillips, as far as, like, a multi-female uh, vocalist group, um, had some great female uh, harmonization. Like the that group of women, like their voices worked together really well. And I think the vocals in this work really well together as well. Um, as and I well? think that as well, um, very well. If I if I can go ahead and uh, grab from that well again. Um, hey, I got jokes. <laughs> um there's also some like crazy instrumentation in this too that like did not go unnoticed for me the bass 
in this album was super cool. There was a couple of times where, like Brett said, it definitely borrows from years gone by in that territory. There's some cool, funky, like, pops and slaps, but it never bends into, like, the Bootsy Collins funk territory of pop and slap of it, but um, it does start to dip its toes in a way. Um, uh, Wilson Phillips had... didn't have a sick slap bass either. No, so. I didn't say that. Were... I said the vocals were Wilson Phillips. I know, but... And then I moved on. Okay. But now I want to hear Bootsy Collins and Wilson Phillips do oh their own Oh, my God. Uh, I would album. love to hear Bootsy Collins and Wilson Phillips. What do we have? To... God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, that would be dope. Uh, but I will bring up another singer that somebody's going to go, oh, yeah. Um, but it the guitar had this, like, sort of bright, punchy feel to it, too. Um, and it all mixed together very well for me. It was simple, but at the same time, it was executed to such perfection that that alone is admirable. Whether I liked it or not is for a different block, and we will get to that. But this album, the, the, the compositional prowess of this group should not go unnoticed. Yeah. Um, I... I... Definitely have to commend. It's very, it's very polished. It's very much a polished pop sound. But I have to commend it for being a very polished modern pop record with the uh, true artist, singer, songwriter gimmick. Uh, that and not having the indie voice, <laughs> the indie girl voice. So being that thing, but not doing the thing that every other pop singer doing the I'm a I'm a deep singer songwriter thing. Uh, does which is having that like weirdly pronounced vowels and like the pseudo fake British accent that's not a really a British accent thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so good, good on them for that. Uh, but let's talk about some of the key tracks. Uh, Patrick, what would be some of the key tracks to zero in on? Uh, I'll start it out with the record breakers thing, Want You Back. It's also the first single. Uh, Basically, this is this is what what Heim does. You've got three unique voices, Danielle being sort of the lead singer 99% of the time, and then the other two doing lots of harmonies and backing vocals and stuff. This song, like like Drew sort of alluded to, there's some fun poppy bass stuff going on. And it, it's I mean, it's it's pop music, but like like dancey, but like there's instruments and it doesn't feel, I mean, it's, it's as Brett said, this is album is about as produced as an album can get sometimes a little too much, but I don't Grown mind in the lab is the way I would put it. I don't know if I'd go that far, but it is, it is very produced. Uh, but it's, it's catchy in the right way. And I think, I think a lot of enjoying this band is whether or not you have some level of nostalgia for late eighties, early nineties pop music. And I do. So it, this, this, it hits some of that. And I wouldn't say that's the only influence, but that is certainly one of the sounds that comes through in this, uh, uh, something to tell you, uh, more, a more of a guitar driven song, uh, more snappy bass. The harmonies on the hook are really, really, really good. And they kind of do like 
the harmonies on the on the hook are like almost wall of soundy, but only there, and it's not like the whole song's that way. And like my my one gripe with this band has always been the drums are super programmed as opposed to played by a drummer. Uh, but sometimes it works really well. It's sort of their poppy dance influence that gets that, but uh, once in a while it works really well, and this song's a really good example of that. And then uh, the last song on the record, Night So Long, just because it felt very Twin Peaks, David Lynch, you know, movie show kind of music. Like, I'm a weirdo. I, I like Twin Peaks, and I'm, I like the music from it especially. And this song had kind of that atmospheric aesthetic going on. And and again, it's sort of they genre hop. They don't They don't just do one thing. Like, sometimes it's a little, like, super pop music. Sometimes it's Stevie Nicks. Sometimes it's, like early Cheryl Crow. And then sometimes it's this weird ass stuff. Uh, so I like that it kind of goes places, but still feels kind of cohesive and like it all belongs on the same record. Uh, Brett, what would be some of the key tracks for you? Want you back. Uh, they've got snaps and claps. Um, and, and a lot, a lot of reverb. Uh, the bass is simple and effective. Um, the uh, the pitch shift on the harmonies made me giggle. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have have seen what happens when uh, a certain video game guy in New York named Vincent uh, changes the the vocals, uh, <laughs> pitch shifts a voice of a certain uh, Miss Russell, uh, and it, it makes it it, it's a female voice that's that's dropped lower, but has not like doesn't have the dynamics of a man's voice. Sounds hilarious. It is yeah. a, a woman speaking in an artificially low voice. It, it's got this weird sound to it. Um, I, I really, it, it made me giggle. Um, and they keep doing it. it. It keeps coming back. It's like, it haunts it, me. It's it's a stylistic choice. That's kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's, it's. Uh, I, 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 a little cool my my answer to it was, please oh, just hire here. a dude to sing these parts. It's one of like my handful of like questionable production choices. Well, there's also that like weird artifacty warble that they, they put into, but like, you know. I, I found it, I, you know, I was laughing at it more than with it. But, you know, it, I, if I was making an album, I'd put dumb shit like that in there, too. Uh, it, 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 it's very unique. Um, nothing's Wrong, uh, as I was talking about earlier. This is a uh, Fleetwood Mac song, down to the raspy high notes and the delayed out uh, synth and the the, the, the percussion and, and stuff. And, again, we get the, uh, the pitch-shifted vocals. Um, but... Uh, uh, little of your love. This is where the sprawling uh, showed up. Uh, this the sprawling showed up to great effect. Um, and, and also like some guitar licks that sounded like they came from a Mel Bay boogie woogie songbook. Um, but both of those things I was not expecting. Um, uh, but uh, I, I I had a little bit of problem with the bass on on that song. It sounded like the speaker had like a like it had blown speakers or something. Like, there's a there's a point where where the fuzz turns to like fart noise, uh, and it it was kind of abrasive. Like I, I went back and listened to it a lot, um, and uh, the just it, it was it was kind of odd. But there was also a whole lot of like that was a wall of sound song as well. Like there was there was no frequency left untouched um, in some parts of it. But uh, you know there you could you could go through each one of these songs, and a lot of the recurring themes show up in each, but. That's a pretty good uh, mix there. If you were going to come, if you came here without listening to this, first off, you're a fool, and second off, like, I don't know that we're gonna 
convince you one way or the other, but uh, you should listen to these things because like there's some there's some stuff. If you start digging, you too will find your sproing. Yeah. Everyone, you get a sproing. You get a sproing. Everyone gets a sproing. Uh. Uh, you two had their sproing. Yes. You two had some sproing. Uh, true. What would be the songs that uh, caught your attention? What would be some of the key tracks for you? So, for me, Want You Back uh, is a great way, in my opinion, to lead off this record for a number of reasons. Um, a light guitar strum and a great... You got, you got... Uh-oh, your off. mic cable. Back? Yes. Yes. Buy, okay, buy a new cool. mic cable. Yeah, I know. Eventually, guys. Eventually. Um, But, like, leading with a strong... Like a light guitar strum and a great vocal sort of works really well. Building up on that is cool. This could have easily, this was the one where I was like, is this the right record? Cause like this could, like he said it was new. Like this, like at first I was like, is this from like 94? Like the fuck is going on? Um, <laughs> the baseline in this also, I said I would uh, mention something to me. If you lifted, the bass from this song and gave it to one Michael Jackson in this era, it would still fit. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. So Here, Michael Jackson, try this bass guitar on. It fits. <laughs> not, not actually. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes. Like give, make but the no, actually I, I know what you mean, but I still don't know what you mean, but I'll, we'll, we'll have to discuss this later. In my opinion, um, already for you, um, is, a song that like I found myself dancing to, like it's just fun, like it is a fun dancey song to me, and that's that's awesome. And then it ends on this like slow, like hauntingly beautiful sort of track with "Night So Long." Um, it is a very calming, uh, cool way to end an album. Sorry about my ringer being on, um, but uh, the tone of the whole thing was really cool, and then that abrupt ending was one of those things like like it hit and i was like oh wait that's just it isn't it like that album just ended like that that was just a thing that happened like it just pop and done and, and I was like, yeah and like it was weird to me too because like i just listened to like a vox like video about like the fade out so in the back of my head i'm thinking they're gonna end it on a fade out that makes sense for a pop band and then they don't i'm like oh <laughs> oh, that's much cooler. Like I like I like that better. Um, so that was I I don't know something about that ending was really cool to me. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, there's some really interesting songs that like yeah. There's some there's some radio singles up in this <laughs> up in this piece. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, let's bring it back around the horn to ca- uh, talk about some of the conclusive thoughts. Uh. I'm gonna pass it over to over from third to second. <laughs> uh, Brett, what will be your conclusion on this album? Well, uh, there really isn't anything here that hasn't been done. Like it's this isn't like a groundbreaking, like earth-shattering. In the industry screeches to a halt and everybody changes. I mean, and that's fine. Uh, showing your influences is okay, um, but it becomes a problem when like. The, the super noteworthy things are the loving nods and or 
blatantly lifted songwriting tropes and styles that others created are what people are talking about. Um, you know, it, that just, it, it's, it, it's unlikely to rock anyone's world. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It just doesn't move the spirit. Um, unless your name's like Elvis, you've taken, uh, you know, yeah, that's, but like, it's fine. It's their thing. Uh, they've continued to do it. Uh, it's, it's like, it, it's become a thing that people talk about. Uh, I'm curious what they're going to do next time because the, there's, uh, there's plenty more things to, to go out there and be like, Hey, that was kind of hip. Uh, let me, let me, uh, get the Richie Sambora, uh, talk box from, yes. uh, yeah, <laughs> let's, 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 let's get what, let's see what else we can get. Um, yes. but, uh, you know, I, it, this this album's okay. It's just remarkably okay. Yeah, I mean it's inoffensive. It's okay. It's like Dan Barry, remarkably average. Uh, uh, Drew, what would be your conclusion on this album? I don't know if it's the fact that like most of my like music listening that's been like new stuff has been me like doing like outrun and vaporwave hits of the past two or three years. But there was something about this that like I had a shit ton of fun with this record. I really enjoyed myself. I'm going, apparently they only have one other record from what I'm hearing from you two chuckleheads, which makes me think maybe I should go back and listen to that other record. Not just that they did do a song for the trolls TV show, um, (laughs) way back in the day. So, you know, maybe I should go back and listen to that as well. Yeah, Um, you should watch the video. I will have to. But it's something that like, I don't know. I had a lot of fun. Like, I just I found myself really enjoying all of this. Like it had a sensibility that I enjoyed it. Like I said, it was very 90s. And if you have a certain level of, or at least to me, it felt very 90s. And if you had a certain level of nostalgia for pop radio in the 90s, like I apparently have right now, which is stupid. I understand that. But it was fun to me. Like, and that's sometimes in music, especially this week, what I want is just some bubblegum poppy fun. Yeah. It, from what I'm reading about this band too, their live shows are like way different as far as like music tonality goes. Like they they bring a very different live show than their studio work, which would be interesting to see. Um, yeah. in my opinion, like if you like I've seen bands that like can do a live show and it sound like it's off an album. Go watch a real big fish show, like for that. But like doing something that's like different like it sounds like they might do on stage i think would be kind of cool to see and even if it has the same sort of beat i'm gonna have fun and tap my toes and shake around a little bit it's it's a good time yeah. i went to go see sting play live and he pulled out a loot <laughs> real cloud uh, crowd pleaser yes uh yeah this is this is some uh finely tuned pop music and and far be it from me to knock anything for being for finely tuned pop music, the guy that does the K-pop podcast, uh, 
but I I will say like it, it, there's a there's a there's a kind of back and forth in my mind with like something like this where like one one of my favorite my favorite movie is almost famous, uh, and one of my favorite quotes uh, is uh is one of, is the scene where you first meet Lester Bangs, uh, and he says uh, you know he's like ranting about music and he goes uh Doors, Jim Morrison, he's a drunken buffoon posing as a poet, uh which is fine. And then, like, you know, with which draws ire from a young Polly Perrette, which is awesome. Uh, I just, oh, I like the doors. And he goes, give me the guess who. They have the courage to be drunken buffoons, which makes them poetic. Uh, which I was, I love that line because it brings up the idea that there's, there is an authenticity in simply lacking pretense. Uh, where like I almost feel like this could this sound this band could veer into the posing as poets <laughs> uh, territory if they they lean too much into uh, pretending they're singer songwriters and like whatever you know they're like super true artists whatever instead of just going we we play me- instruments but we make pop music but as long as they stay true to the just being pop musicians. It's a it's an enjoyable experience and I can I can uh I can I can feel it. Uh but yeah, I think this this is a really well made, pretty okay album. Um but yeah, that's enough of my I couldn't have put album. it any better, Petey. Uh I don't know if I could Pretty okay. Pretty okay. Uh Patrick, what would be your conclusion on this album? Um I, I usually I find myself there's usually at least one relatively popular pop album a year I end up enjoying and this is probably mine for 2017. Uh, I I have a spot for some pop music and I feel like this is the right if this is like the the first the first step of pop music getting some some rock back mixed into it uh, I would I would like that very much I don't think that's gonna happen but I want to. I want to hope it does because most pop music now drives me insane. But these guys, I think it's fun. It's not, you know, the this is not deep and dark and brooding. This isn't this isn't super too clever for its own good. It's just like fun music with catchy hooks and you know, they're good musicians, they're great singers, and and they write songs that are enjoyable you know it's this isn't earth shattering this isn't the greatest thing ever but it is really I, I find it really enjoyable and i think that is sometimes music doesn't have to be they, they can't all be rush they they can't all be king crimson like not everything has to be super progressive and technical not everything has to be super dense it just can be enjoyable to listen to and i feel like that for me this fulfills that kind of just and just joyous and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Well put. Uh, sometimes you do. Sometimes it's good to have the courage to be drunken buffoons. Uh, and that's the key. Uh, all right. That brings us. That concludes our thoughts uh, in full. Uh, we get to the main event of the evening. We get to our haiku reviews. We're still doing them. 184 episodes into the show, because uh, well, they're fun. Uh, I hear Japan's yeah. gonna double the 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 uh, syllable count. 
<laughs> Wait, really? Oh, I'm joking. Yes, the, the haiku authority is going to double the amount of things. Yes. They're going to toss away thousands and thousands of years of history just, uh, just because Twitter or, sucks. Think... Is that uh, number right, P? Yeah, 185. At least uh, the file that I'm recording is RB185. <laughs> if, so, if it's titled that, it has to be right. Like, yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm we aren't going to count. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's get to our haikus. Uh, Brett, what is your haiku? It's a sister act, but without Whoopi Goldberg, I have hair envy. Uh, Drew, what is your haiku? Was it expected? Not by a long shot, for sure. Still, I loved it. <laughs> kind of, we got most of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we got. Uh, did I cut out? Like, no, it's like bad. It, it's great. <laughs> Your finest work, Drew. <laughs> uh, it was just crunchy. Uh, it was just weird, but that's fine. Uh, uh everybody got what you heard. Well, we we heard what you said. We, we picked uh-huh. up when you laid down. Uh, what you're selling. All right, my haiku. Uh, tight pop rock styling. Where their influences bear, polished to a shine. Uh, Patrick, what is your haiku? Talented sisters, cohesive genre hopping, excellent pop rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, of course, concludes our thoughts completely on Heim's Something to Tell You. You can, of course, find it on our Spotify playlist. Play Record Breakers the Home Game. Play Along at Home. Uh, on that playlist, well, actually, I don't know. Actually, probably I, from what you've told me, Brett, before the show. It's there, but you want to go somewhere else if yes. you can. So we'll we'll have something there for you to listen to on Spotify, but we'll we'll, we'll let you know a little bit about how to, where to find it. Uh, or you can look around on your own. Do your own homework. Uh, but Brett. You got you got us for next week. What you what you got? What you got? Well, uh, I'm sticking with the, the at least the same haircut. We're gonna oh, go listen oh, to Megadeth's crap. "Rust in Peace." Oh crap! You know, oh. Megadeth gives me the cramp sometimes too. Oh, I can't get to because I'm just I'm cramp. rocking. I was, so I was gonna hard. say the cramps are a completely different band. Uh, you can of course find us all. <laughs> and oh now God, we killed Petey. We've lost Petey. Petey. Uh, you can, of course, find us all over the internet. Patrick is at Swagger. Brett is at Haven Reverend H-I-B-B-I-T-Y-B-I-B-B-A-R-D. Drew is at x I'm at Petey Rave. The show is at 4 Record Breakers. That's 4 Record Breakers. 4 Record Breakers. 4 Record Breakers Podcast.com. Record Breakers Podcast.com. Ow! Rebellion.net for this and the other show. Yeah, man. Ha! Uh... Check it out. Subscribe, like, share, find us where podcasts are. Uh, do the things. Until next time, hasta los huevos. Somebody give me a banana. Monkey never cramp. Eat three banana. Oh. Feel the, the muscle in there. Oh.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>